everyone. This is Pastor Randy and Pastor Nicole here. And listen, we are in February, the month of love, right, baby? That's right. Oftentimes in the month of love, we love everything else. We love our children. We love our jobs. We love what we do. We love our sports or our hobbies. True. We're asking you this month to love your marriage. It's important that we prioritize the things that are important in life and hold us together. Yes, amen. And to help us do that, on February the 24th, it's a Friday night from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., we have a special Love Your Marriage event that's happening, right? That's right. There's going to be finger foods. There's going to be giveaways. And child care, so there's no excuse not to show up. No, free child care. You don't even have to pay for it. Yes, so listen, there's going to be a QR code right there on your screen. If you want to like hit that QR code, you'll know all the information, again, the time and the date. We want to see you there to just help build your marriages and make them stronger. Be sure and invite friends. They don't even have to attend our church. That's right. But just come out to improve their marriage. Love your marriage. Amen. We want to see you there, everybody. God bless you. We love you. Bye. It's good to see you today. All you ladies in red for your Valentine's, you look lovely. Turn to someone and say it's good to see you this morning. Live streamers, we miss you being with us, but we're glad you could join us online today. We pray that you feel blessed by the presence of God through your phone or computer, whatever screen you're using. We hope you can be here next time. Family, this is the week of Valentine's. So in case any of you guys forgot, it's coming up like the 14th is Valentine's Day. So, you know, chocolate, roses, whatever she requires, don't forget that this week. We hope that everyone here feels the love of Christ today. It is important to us that you feel embraced and welcomed into this home. On um, tonight is home group night, and that is a great way to connect So don't forget to join a home group tonight. If you need information, you can get online and check, or you can go right out there to the welcome booth. They have lots of information about where you can find a local or connecting group. Um, Two groups not meeting tonight is um, the Sadler and the Cardone group are not meeting tonight. So, um, So if you're part of their group, be careful and talk to them about when they are meeting. Um, One thing that is coming up is the Love Your Marriage event, which you just saw Pastor Randy and Pastor Nicole talking about. Uh, Be sure to join in on that. It'll be really encouraging. This morning was our marriage group. Once a month on the second Sunday of the month, we get together and we just build our marriage. And so I come straight from that to this, and I am passionate about building marriages and building healthy relationships. So we want to make sure that you find ways to connect in this community to build your marriages and relationships in general. Another awesome thing we have going on right now is that Mercy Mission in Sydney is collecting coats. You may have noticed the coat rack out there. Um, Grab a new coat and put it on that rack so that we can bless someone who has a need. I know as a mom of four children, my kids grow so fast, and I look over, and suddenly their arms are like two inches longer than the coat sleeve, and it's expensive to buy coats. So if you are able, please provide a coat that we can give to Mercy Mission and um, put that out there on the coat rack. I want to read to you from one of my favorite scriptures about love. Um, The book of 1 John is my favorite book of the Bible. There's a lot of them, but it's probably one of my top favorites. In chapter 4, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And you know why that is so important to me? Is because what that means is when I need love, I go to God. When I need love for someone else, I go to God. When I need love to love my husband, I go to God. 
when I don't feel loved, I know where to go get it. We are the children of the Father of love. He loves us unconditionally. He died on the cross for us and defeated death and sin so that we could know what love is. So this week, as we are celebrating love, remember the one who loved you more than anything, who loves you unconditionally, who forgives and is so full of grace. And I pray that this week you will experience that love of Christ. I want to open us with some worship this morning. Would you stand your feet with me? We're just going to go into his presence with thanksgiving as we remember the love that he's given us. Heavenly Father, thank you that you died on the cross, that you poured out your blood on us, your red blood to cover our sins, Lord, because you loved us. And this week we remember your sacrifice of love and pray that that is poured into us so that we can pour it into others. And when we feel depleted of love, we're going to go to you because you are love, the endless supply of love. Thank you, God, for your love on us this week. I pray that as we enter your presence with thanksgiving that you would fill us even greater today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. place to hide this weary
I lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Bell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Bell lost another one. I am free. Oh, I am free. I am free. I am free. Bell lost another one.
victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. Oh, oh, oh we shout out. from that grave my God still rolling stones away there's joy in the house of the Lord there's joy in the house of the Lord today and we won't be quiet we shout out your praise there's joy in the house of the Lord our God is surely in this place we won't be quiet we shout out Because oh, we were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Because we were the beggars. be quiet we shout out your praise there's joy in the house of the lord our god is surely in this place we won't be quiet we shout out your praise there's joy in the house of the lord there's joy in the house of the lord today we won't be quiet we shout out your praise there's joy in the house of the lord our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Because we were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by his grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Cause we were the big, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Oh, let the house of the Lord sing praise. Oh, let the house of the Lord 
the king of my heart be the mountain where I run the fountain I drink from oh he is my song let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide the ransom for my life oh he is my song cause you are good you're good
never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Go find your mama, your daddy, your grandma, your grandpa. I just feel the Lord leading us to just bless our families today. That's what we're going to do. So let's, you got to move around a little bit. And if you're a teenager here today and you don't have any family with you, we'd love to just pray with you. We got some wonderful people that'll pray with you. If you don't have, any family. In fact, if you're here and there's no other family here, like if you're just an individual here by yourself today, thank you for being here. Like you're amazing. But would you raise your hand and somebody close to you is going to grab you and just say, you're part of our family today. 
if you're here by yourself. There, Ella, Ella, get over there with them. What are you doing? Amen. Amen. I saw William back there had his hand up. Somebody grab William. Right back there, that'll be good. Listen, real quick, if you're, if you're married, raise your hand. Now, if you're married and you've ever been through a rough patch, raise your hand. Bless God that many hands went up. Because you know what that means? You got through it. You're still here because he's a good God. Church, I want you to know that life isn't always easy. We go through some difficult moments. Families, families are hard sometimes. The most annoying person in my life was my brother. You know what I'm talking about? But God bless him. God gave us family for a reason, and we got to fight for our families. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer for marriages first. And as I pray it, just grab your spouse. Maybe you're in the middle of a rough patch right now. Listen to me. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. When we submit to his ways and we just say, Jesus, do what you want to do in our lives, man, we can get through anything. So as I pray over the marriages, I just, if you're in a rough spot right now, just, just receive it. Just receive the Lord's grace and mercy in your lives. He can get you through this. I promise. All those hands that went up testify to that. And then I'm going to pray over our children. And if you're in a rough season with your children, how many of you have children? Raise your hands. How many of you have had a rough patch with your children? It's all right. I know they're here looking at you. Children, how many of you have had a rough patch with your parents? Go ahead, raise those hands up high. Yeah. You're going to get through it. It's going to be okay. But we're going we're gonna to pray over our children as well. The Lord teaches us in his word that children are an inheritance. Man, it's the greatest inheritance we could ever have is our children. And we, it's hard to see that sometimes when they're not being awesome. But they are. So would you just grab your spouse's hand first? We're going to just pray over our marriages. Father, we thank you for your covenant of marriage that you gave to us. It was your idea. And, Father, you protect it. Father, you fight for it. God, you've set forth in your word how we're to honor marriage. God, how husbands are supposed to love their wives, how wives are supposed to love their husbands, Father. You have ordained this. And Jesus said, what God brings together, let no man separate. Father, we come to you in humility and we acknowledge that we're not always great at this marriage thing. That sometimes we hurt one another by things that we do, by things that we say, or by things that we don't do and things that we don't say. Father, we ask that you would help us to walk in mercy with one another. Father, that you would help us to forgive one another. God, I pray for every marriage that's struggling today, Father, that's just in a fight. God, I pray for your grace, and I pray for your peace to just come upon them, Father, that they would know that they would have more faith in you than they have in whatever the argument is, whatever the frustration is, whatever the struggle is, Father, that they'd know you're greater, and that as individuals, they would put their hope and their trust in you, and as a married couple, they'd put their hope and their trust in you, knowing, God, that you will be faithful to lead them. Father, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with us, Father. There's nothing too difficult for you to handle. So, Father, we surrender to you and to your will, and we ask for healing to come in the marriages that are struggling today. Father, and for those marriages that are doing well, Father, we pray that you continue to just pour out your blessing onto them, Father. Turn your face towards them. Be gracious to them, Father, that they could be a banner to a lost world of the love that you have for this world, Father. 
That's what marriage was always intended to be. Help us to be that. Father, help us to walk in your ways. Father, in all our ways to acknowledge you so that you can direct our paths. Father, and we can see your name lifted high in our marriages, Father. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now grab your kids. Maybe you're a grandparent, a grandma, grandpa. Grab your kids and their kids. My generational blessing is a powerful thing. I love that Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, hey, the faith that's in you, it was first in your grandmother and then in your mother. We can pass this stuff down and the Lord will help us do that. Parents, I don't know if you're in a struggle with your kid right now. If you are, I want you to hear this. It's going to be okay. You might have got the worst news ever. It's going to be okay because God's way more faithful to your kid than you can be. So we're just going to ask the Lord to give us wisdom and how we raise our kids and how we navigate life's difficult problems, all right? You got your kids? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the inheritance that you give us. Children, Lord, what a wonderful blessing. God, we pray that today, Father, for those families that might be struggling with issues regarding parenting, God, we thank you that you're full of grace and mercy and forgiveness for us. Help us to show that to our kids, to walk gently with them. Father, give us understanding. Their brains are wonderful mysteries. Father, but you can give us understanding to help them navigate life as we teach them how to grow and mature and become good men and women for your kingdom. God, I pray for those families that are going through particularly difficult moments right now, that you'd just give those parents peace. Father, that you would just calm their heart, help them to keep their eyes focused on you. You know everything, Father. All the details that are hidden from our eyes, God, you see it all clearly, and you are faithful to lead us and to guide us in how we raise and nurture our children, Father, in your ways. And we thank you for that. God, I pray for those families right now that are doing well, Father, that there's no issues. God, we just thank you for this great season in their lives, and we pray that it would just continue on. And, Father, we pray for parents. Children, put your hands on your parents now. You're going to pray over them. Father, we pray for our parents. We thank you for them. God, what a wonderful task they have of raising our children. And we try to make it as hard on them as possible. But, God, you're faithful. Students, just for a moment, just, just thank God for your parents. Just be grateful for them, everything they do for you. God, we pray that you would help these children to honor their parents, to obey their parents, even when they don't understand what their parents are do or why the rules are the way that they are. Father, that they would honor and obey in accordance with your word. And we pray for peace. We pray for trust to be restored. We pray, Father, where there's fractures in the relationship, Father, we pray for reconciliation and healing as we all just surrender to your will and your way, Father. God, you're so good to us. We just thank you for family. We thank you for grandparents who love and care for their family and their future generations. God, we pray that you would bless them and encourage them. God, just be with them. And, Father, we thank you for all of those who want children. God, we pray for healing, God, for those who have been standing in faith, believing for a child. God, we join our faith with them today, Father, that they would receive this inheritance from you. God, heal wounds, Father. God, bring life there. Bring life there, Father. And we thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As Brother Rick gets ready to come up here to uh, take up tithe and offering, just hug your, hug your family real quick. Hug them real tight. Squeeze them till they're begging for air. And then send them back on their merry way. Because we have youth today, amen. You want to say something, Micah?
that brother Tim is just maturing. Every time I hear him, he gives a very mature, encouraging word. Amen? Yeah. I guess all those beatings from pastor finally wear it off. <laughs> he said, he mentioned uh, rough times in marriage and kids. I said, rough? Man, sandpaper, you know. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, I like what he said. Uh, I was just thinking about the rough times that, you know, my family, marriage, kids, but just this morning, I was just looking at how my wife was just laughing. We was just doing goofy stuff, you know, you know, and, and she just kept laughing. And uh, she's sick right now, so she she her, her voice is real hoarse, so she has a huh 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 kind of laugh, you know. And so I'm picking with her, and she's and I know she's watching. Hey, <laughs> but she was huh huh huh, you know. And, and I thought, you know what? With all the rough times, just seeing that joy in her was worth it. And so uh, you got to be committed. And, and you said, well, I thought you were up here to take offering. I am. Um, <laughs> the Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Verse 7, every man according as he has purpose in his heart. Every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And when I was reading that, I was thinking about what Brother Tim said. You, you got to be committed to this thing. Can we say amen to that? So when, when, I, when I read this, Every man according as he has purpose, it purposes in his heart. In other words, it's saying, let's give, let's think about what we're doing. You know, when we give, when we tithe, you know, there should be some thoughtfulness and some purpose behind this. Can we say amen to that? It's, it's kind of like, let's get totally committed to this. Let's not be the kind of people that, oh yeah, it's offering time. Let me let me get a couple bucks ready. No, when as givers, we need to give serious thought. It's kind of like this, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up, right? And so I'm sure all these well-deserving women want a gift that uh that their man put some thought into it. Can we say amen, ladies? You said no. <laughs> But we want, you know, we, we want thought in it, you know, just like an apology. You know, I don't want just a half apology. I want somebody to really, you know, if they owe me one, to say, listen, you know, I really thought about what I did, and I apologize for it. So as I was thinking about this, I say, when it comes to tithing, when it comes to giving, let's not be half-hearted with this. Let this be something that we think about, something that we study, something that we purpose in our heart. You know what? I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to make sure that I tithe. I'm going to make sure that I sow seeds anytime that I can because I believe in the Word of God. Can we say amen to that? So if I really believe in the Word of God, then you know what? Let me not be half-hearted. You know, the Bible's full of scriptures where God doesn't reward 
half-heartedness. He says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He says, let that man not think that he shall receive anything from him. So God is saying, you know what? In this relationship that we have, let's be all in. I mean, let, let's not be half-hearted with it. And I know sometimes money, you know, we don't like to talk about money. But I'm here to tell you that if you purpose in your heart, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to obey God, and I'm going to be all in when I do this. Let me tell you something. God never fails. And he says, listen, it'll come back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. I'll never forget when Pastor Randy did that illustration when he had the, the offering buckets, and he put potato chips in there, and he crushed them down. And then he put another bag in there, and he crushed them down, and he put another bag in there. I don't know how many bags he put in, but he illustrated, listen, this is how God returns your faithfulness. So I'm just all in today. He says I'm a giver, so I'm going to be a giver, and I'm going to be all in on that. Can we say amen to that? He says if you're a giver, you got to be a receiver. So I'm a giver and I'm a receiver, and we all are in the kingdom. Can we say amen to that? Let me pray over your giving. Father, in the name of Jesus, as people purpose in their heart to give today, as they move in faith, God, I just thank you that you're opening up the windows of heaven. You're pouring out blessings that they never, ever could have imagined. God, I thank you today that your response to their faithfulness is just overwhelming. And God, we just honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on and bring your offering unto the Lord. the church in Dayton, Ohio, of Only Believe Ministries. And uh, Rick is and his congregation are in need of a building. And uh, so we need to pray that God brings him a building. Amen. Amen. So that he can get on with what God wants him to do and uh, what we want to see flourish in Dayton, Ohio. 
So everybody just stretch forth your hand today. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we as a congregation join our faith together with Rick's congregation. And I right now and the people here come into agreement that, God, you will open a door that no man could open and that, God, you would uh, bring that building into Rick's hands, his congregation's hands, that, God, you will give them favor, you will lead them, you will guide them, that, God, it will be a supernatural thing and not just a human thing. Now, God, we ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Rick. And uh, is your congregation all black? No. I just know I, uh, this white guy ain't never been there. Hallelujah. No, no, I'm kidding you. We... <laughs> Anyway, praise God. We're glad that you're down there, Rick. I really am. And uh, he does a great job and, uh, you know, just rambles on, and they don't know when he starts or when he finishes. And uh, so, uh, but praise God. I'd like to have you turn your Bible someplace. And uh, there's just so much. Let's go to, uh, we'll just jump off of the hip. Let's go to uh, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. And we're going to look at today fasting. Fasting. Now, I realize that, you know, lots of people want to hear about sailboats and how the wind's going to blow you where you need to go and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there are a lot of things that happen in our life that we really could reverse or stop in our life. Think that when God says in 2 Corinthians 2.14 that God always, somebody say always, that means in our neck of the woods that there ain't no more. God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Now, I get very adamant about believers living in their best. I think that we live far below what God wants us to live in. I believe that God has abundant life for us right now. I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for us right now and I believe that without you coming to Christ your purpose and your plan will never be discovered but you will always have a void in your life but having said that when God tells us that he will always cause us to triumph in Christ Jesus then we have to understand that God has obligated himself to give you or to provide you with that which is needed for every moment of your life. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. That is not a myth statement. 
That is a true statement. It reveals to us the willingness of God and the pre-proposed equipment or anointing that God gave us before we ever entered into a battle. The devil is trying to destroy us, but if God has caused us to always triumph, then understand that he doesn't have a chance. Amen? So let's go down to Isaiah 55 and let's look at verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater." So shall my word, which is the thoughts of God. The Bible is what God thinks. It is his unveiled purpose for your life. And it says that uh, for as the rain cometh down, uh, and then in verse 11, I'm sorry. So shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth, that it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Now think what God just said. Let's not just read it. Let's think. God says, my ways are higher than your ways. But I give my thoughts in word form. And I give them to you so that you can prosper, that you may have seed. Seed simply means that if you have a seed, you have a harvest waiting to come out of that seed. Amen? And so it's what you do with that seed that is going to determine what is going to happen in your life. Right? And so God gives us his thoughts. In other words, God tells us how he would handle things in life. Now, this is not complicated. You might say, oh, you're just speaking over my head. Stretch your neck. And if I got it, you've got it. But understand this, that God gives you a way of doing things. If you do not do them, there is no point in painting, pointing a finger at a just God. Amen? And so we have to use what God gives us. Fasting is one of the things that God gives us. Well, I, I, I don't want to fast. I don't, well, then don't fast. Nobody's twisting your arm. God's not down here kicking you in and out of the trash bin. He's not kicking you down the road like some bent up 
can. God's not trying to make you be blessed. He's blessed you. If you want it, then you got to do things his way. So God gives us his thoughts and his ways. And one of God's thoughts and God's ways is fasting. Fasting is a predetermined. Somebody say predetermined. In other words, it's already laid out and defined what it will do in your life and against your enemies. So if you want what fasting will do, then you have to, three of you, yeah. How you have to what? Fast. Now this opportunity does not belong to everybody. It only belongs to the bride of Christ. Matthew, the ninth chapter, verse 14 down through 17, says that the bride of Christ, which are believers, the disciples of Christ, if you belong to him, then fasting is a portion of your service to God. It, it's Anna, in Luke, the second chapter, she was a widow. She'd been a widow for over 80 years. And she served God through prayer and fasting. We as Christians don't like to do anything that we don't want to do. And that's why we live far below what God wants us to have. Now, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories during my lifetime that I have served God and fasted. I told you last time we were together how God positioned me into the realm of the miracles, and now we have won millions of people to Jesus Christ, seen thousands upon thousands of blind eyes, cripples, deaf, dumb, you know, all kinds of stuff. Now, if you're not here today or if you're here today and you're not a believer, I don't mean to insult your intelligence, but God is still a God of miracles. And just because you don't believe in him, God still believes in them. Amen. And, uh, but that came about by fasting. Years ago, I bought a cell phone. You know, one of them like this had trolley wheels on it. You know, it had an 18-foot uh, antenna on your car. And, and uh, I went and bought it. I tried to purchase one first. And they told me, where is your area that you're going to use it? I said, Bachins in Ohio. They said, you can't have a phone in Bachins, Ohio. I said, Why? He said, because no company has bought the airways in that area of Ohio. I said, why? He said, because it is so intertwined with trash waves and uh, 
just dirty airways. He said, you can't get a signal through that. I said, you're kidding me. As big as this phone is? He said, nope, you can't do it. So I thought I was smarter than him. I bought myself that phone. And I went with AT&T. Don't worry, I'll get to Verizon and everybody else in just a moment. But AT&T would not work in this area. It just wouldn't work. I mean, man, you could call people standing beside you and say, your number cannot be reached the way that you have dialed it. I dialed it with seven, no, seven, eight, yeah, yeah, with nine numbers, I dialed it right. Well, you got it wrong. Try a new number. Yeah, all right. Okay, I will. I'll just try anything. Well, you know what? It never worked. It never worked. And so, one day I was in Perrysburg, Ohio. Perrysburg, uh, yeah, where was that place? Perrysburg, Yeah, but this is Perryburg, Georgia. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, worst thing that that happened, one time I let Lincoln order a pizza, and he ordered it from Tennessee. And the guy is saying, he said, I'm here at the marathon. I can't find your road. And I said, man, you've been delivering that pizza for two hours. Finally, I said, where are you from? He said, Tennessee. I told Lincoln, that's it. No more pizza for you. <laughs> so I was in Perrysburg, Georgia, in a four-week revival. And during this revival, I was praying and I was caught up into a vision. You say, well, what were you smoking? Well, back then it was still illegal. So... I wasn't smoking anything. And so I had this vision. And in this vision, there was a spirit. Everything that happens in your life is not a spirit. But if you have in-laws, it does involve sometimes spirits. Now, and all of a sudden, this spirit was there and he had a black hand. And there was on that ring, on that hand, a ring. Where's Ed? Well, go tell him. I need him. I don't need the money. I need him. And Ed was there, and he was involved in this, and a ring fell off of that demon's hand. Well, I don't believe in demons. That's just what he wants you to think. He wants you to think that you don't ex he doesn't exist. He loves America because they're so smart that they have forgot to consider him. And this ring fell off of this demon's finger. And it fell down and it went on my finger. And I'm thinking, oh, man, what's that all about? And the Lord said to me, I am going to open the airways over Bakken's Ohio, and you are going to take the gospel to the world 
visa via uh, satellite, television, and radio. Then at that time, we started, you know, going on to uh, television stations that covered whole continents and so forth. Do you remember I came back from Perryburg, Georgia, and I told this, but I never told anybody what the ring looked like. But when a group of men, is that right, Ed? Yes, sir. A group of guys got together without me knowing, and they went to a designer, a ring designer, and they sent the whatever that red stone was, they sent it to get it cut in a special country because there are special countries that cut things, you know, like Mexico. They cut drugs. Uh, but other countries cut diamonds and things like that. Now, but uh, I'm, I'm just being facetious. And uh, so Ed was, they came to Ed. So Ed got in touch with this ring designer and the ring that fell off of that demon's hand that went onto my hand, these men gave to me as a Christmas gift and it was an exact duplicate of that ring. That, that, that's the truth. That's the truth. And that ring was given to me. And after that is when the television ministry went all over the world. Now, that was just one thing that happened during a fast. And there are places of authority that God wants you and I to live in and to move in in the area against sickness and disease, poverty, uh, dead places, prisons, and so forth. God wants us to advance and take control in those areas. But it requires fasting. It requires fasting. Could have given amen. amen. Well, I, I don't know if I want to do without food. Listen, let me encourage you. Look in the mirror. You can do without food. Amen? amen. Somebody told me, well, how, how, how do I lose weight? I said, shut your mouth. And it's the truth. The things are pretty simple. Except when we don't want them, and we find ourselves fighting God, the answer to our problems because we want to do it our way. There's not a way to do it unless it's God's way. Could again, amen? All righty. So we see that we as Christians have to do things God's way. Now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, that the weapons of our warfare, and you and I are in a warfare. There is a demonic power, a kingdom of darkness, that is birthing, organizing sicknesses and diseases, poverty, lack, murder, thievery, all types of perversions. That enemy is the devil. We cannot control him, 
by humanistic efforts. I'm, and I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to awaken you. Amen? And I want to tell you something. It's more important than the cure for COVID. Amen. So, we have to deal with things the way that God wants us to deal with them. Amen? If you want to have a good marriage, then you need to get in the Bible. Well, I'm going to buy a book on marriage. Huh. The author doesn't even know what he wrote. He's in Aruba spending the money. You don't need somebody else's opinion to have a good marriage. You need God's instruction. Women are complicated. Amen? You do something nice, they cry. You do something mean, they cry. They just cry. That's just their nature. But be assured when they quit crying, vengeance belongs to them, and God has to get in line. Now, I want you to realize that God gives us the weapons of our warfare. These weapons are empowered by God. Fasting is empowered by God. Now, let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter. And again, I'm, I'm just encouraging you that we want to do things God's way. Our minds have got to be renewed that God is not wrong, he is not a myth, and he is not a God of chances. He is a God of absolutes. And in Romans, the eighth chapter, and let's look at uh, verse five. And they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Now, what does that mean? That means that if you allow your fleshly nature your fleshly nature is made up of basically five elements. Your touch, your sight, your hearing, your smell, and your taste. These are the senses. These are the universities that you learn about this world from your senses. And most people are dominated by their senses. They don't believe anything that they can't see. Have you ever seen love? Do you believe in it? Well, well yeah. Well, that's just one example. And there are millions. Do you believe that hunger exists? Yes. Have you ever seen it? No. But it dominates your life. And so these senses right here are universities of the flesh. They gather information and most of it defies the existence of God. You know, I've had people say, well, you know, if I see it, I'll believe it. No, you won't. Absolutely not. 
See, we have to believe by faith. We have to believe by faith. And it says this, but they that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded or dominated by the senses, dominated by these five senses that teach you everything about life. You know, well, if it's going to happen, you got to do it yourself. No, that's not true at all. If you have kids, you know that they automatically have signed up for a life of slavery until they are freed at 18. So you don't have to do everything yourself. Amen? Have kids. My mom and dad had 14 of them. That was the practice round. And uh, so you don't have to do everything yourself. God is on your side. And then it says in verse, uh, to be carnally minded is, somebody say death. Now, death is simply another word for sin or for the devil. He is a spirit of death. His kingdom is the kingdom of death, Colossians 1, 13 and 14. And it says, so if you are carnally minded or sense dominated, you are always going to live under the rule of death. But to be spiritually minded, to accept, to think like God thinks, to believe how God believes, it will bring you life. Because the carnal mind is enmity or is at odds against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. In other words, it will not subdue or submit itself to God's ways. So we have to break free of that. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot, somebody say cannot, please God. So where do we get the way that the Spirit of God wants us to do things? Spiritually minded, always submitting ourselves, humbling ourselves under the way of God. Well, we get those ways from the Scripture. Amen? It's not hard, but we do have to discover them and then apply it. Apply it. How many of you wish that God would just wake you up in the morning and shoot you in the backside with a good dose of hallelujah and joy? Why are you waiting for God to wake you up? Why are we waiting for God to do something while we do nothing? There's no prosperity or increase in slothfulness. So we want to make sure that we are doing things God's way. Now, I hear, I, I hear you. I hear you online. Oh, man, you're just preaching over their head. I told him to stretch their neck. This is not complicated. What I'm talking to you about 
is doing things God's way. Letting the mind of God, having your mind renewed, stop being conformed to this world, which is carnal, dominated by the senses. Stop it. Let your mind be renewed and trust the thoughts of God more than the thoughts of man. Amen? All right, so we see that we don't want to be carnally minded. So we have to start finding out how God thinks, why God thinks that way, and that you and I lean not to our own understanding, but to the understanding of God. Amen? All right. How can we overcome carnal-mindedness? Well, I'm just going to pray and I'm going to... Well, let's say this. Your carnal-mindedness has been built upon ever since you have been born. And that's why Christians, even though they get saved, are still divisive, murmur, complain, sow discord. Why? Because all you are is dominated by your senses. If you really believe what God said, you would never, ever talk about another believer. But you just randomly spew out half-truths, lies, opinions, thoughts. Those things are carnality. Now, how can you get rid of that? Because you've been doing it all your life, and when you got saved, you just brought carnality into the kingdom with you. In other words, you're constantly dominated by this, these senses. So what you think, you say. Well, I was just speaking my mind. If I was you, I wouldn't give much of it away. Now, I want to talk to you about getting these things taken care of before Jesus comes. Remember, you can be lukewarm and not even know it. Yeah. How does that happen? Because you're carnal-minded. Now, how can we get carnal-mindedness out of our life? I know some of you are saying, what? I I just didn't get all that. Carnal-mindedness, again, is being dominated by your senses, therefore aborting all things are possible to him that believeth. You've heard it a million times, and so have I. I just don't know what we're going to do. What is that? Carnality. Well, well, we're just afraid. 
Well, we're worried about that. What is that? That's the old you. That's not the way of God. Jesus said, I give you peace that passes all understanding. So how many of you want to be like Jesus? Then we have to get rid of carnal mindedness because I'm telling you the result of it is death. I'm not trying to scare you, but I do want to be as factual as I possibly can. So, how do we get rid of carnal mindedness? Fasting is one of the weapons of our warfare. Against what? The unrenewed mind. The strongholds that we are still bound by after we've been redeemed. How do we get rid of that? By fasting. Because in that carnal mindedness, you and I are bound by yokes, by bands of wickedness. If you have a history of thinking evil about other Christians, not believing them when they talk, you know, I have people who come to this church don't even like me. I, I don't know why. I've been running around with myself, and I, I, I just like myself. God made me. So we have to make sure that we are not dealing with people carnally. And if you are, ask your wife to help you see it or your friends to see it and then start dealing with it. Now, when we start fasting, we break these yokes. We break these deep-rooted things that need to be tended to. These are really called putting off the old man. Most Christians don't put anything off. They just create cohabitation. Gosh, I'm so glad. I want to thank you, Lutherans and Methodists, for joining us today. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just pleased with you being here. If you were not here, there would be no life at all. No. Hallelujah. So, we as Christians, somebody say we as Christians. We need to deal with hidden sins that we have been preached to about for years. Let me tell you this. It's time for the body of Christ to quit playing with holy fire. In other words, you keep pulling your shenanigans when you know that they're wrong then you're going to find yourself not being purified by fire, but by being tormented by fire. There is a heaven and a hell. You sow to the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh corruption, death, 
separation from God. Now, any Christian been saved two weeks already knows that. It's the old ones that are so hardened in their ways that they can't get beyond their own nose. I'm not saying that mean, but you've heard, well, I've been like this all my life. Well, you've been wrong all your life. Amen? And if you've been married a week, you know that. So, you and I need to start dealing with that which is not acceptable to God. Because there is holy fire, but there's also judgment fire. Now you, I'm sure you think that you're the best God's got. You're a better Christian than everybody else. It's just that everybody around you knows it's not true. And I, again, I'm, I'm trying to get you awake. But if you just stay asleep, there'll not be one drop of blood on my hands from your life. And I'm telling you that Jesus is going to return. And I'm telling you right now that his return is nearer than it's ever been. We just cannot imagine the urgency of the hour because we are not spiritually minded. Fasting, please listen to this, fasting is designed to bring the senses to the lowest common denominator so that the spiritual man can relate, hear, fellowship, and respond to God. The Bible says that when Cornelius was praying and fasting, guess what? An angel appeared. Peter, when he was fasting, guess what? The Holy Ghost spoke to him. God spoke to him out of a vision in Acts the 10th chapter. Paul, when he was hopelessly lost at sea on a ship, that was being torn apart by a hurricane, he fasted and God spoke to him. When you limit the influence of this physical body, the senses of your life, when you limit that, heaven speaks. Dreams, visions, inspirations, utterances, those things begin to break forth when we live a fasted life. So, we have to start living a fasted life so that we can hear from God. Our senses have got to stop dominating us. Now, I know there's some, oh, my word, we, we just did this. No, this is what you need. We have to get about the Father's business. Amen. 
Let me tell you one more story. In 1984, we had a church down here on South Street, West Street, East, downtown. And it was a 16 by 32 foot building. No water, no heat, no lights, dirt floor. I shoveled the dirt floor out hung up some lights from my garage. I had a lot of help from the Schneider family from Freiburg. Uh, they helped me. They bought me a toilet. They uh, helped me. In fact, I still have the first pulpit that I ever had. I had one designed. And old Wilbur Schneider said this, I don't need your information. I know what God showed me. I thought, well, thank you. And lo and behold, he worked on that, and then he brought it to the church. That pulpit looked just like the picture of the one I drew clear down to the lifting of the top for I could put my notes underneath it. And Wilbur Snyder built that for me without any information from me. And so they helped me so, so many ways. But when I had about five or six people, the Catahenriches were there, and uh, I don't think the kids wanted to be there. I don't think dad wanted to be there, but mama said we're going there. So thank God for mamas. And so after about two years, I told God I'm leaving town. Where are you going to go? I said, I don't know, but I was more successful as a sinner than I am right now. And so I said, now, God, I know that you have a plan and a purpose for me. So I started fasting. It wasn't a complete fast. I fasted from in the morning till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You could call it a Jewish fast. You could call it whatever you wanted. But I did that, and I really can't tell you how long I did it because it takes just as much time to fail as it does succeed. And so... I fasted, and I fasted, and I fasted, and I fasted. I'll never forget it. On a Wednesday afternoon, I went into that church. I called it the pumpkin church because we had orange curtains on the windows. And uh, so I went to the orange church, and I sat on the orange chair, and then I started walking the aisle. Only had one aisle. We had about 70-some chairs, but only about six people. And Phyllis told me one time, she said, if I wasn't your wife, I wouldn't come to this church. I said, don't leave. You're the only tither. 
So <laughs> we had some goof up. I remember one time she was leading worship, playing the piano. I stood up and said, please stop torturing me. Don't play anymore. And that was the end of that worship service. Anyway, I started fasting. That day, I got a Bible from Oral Roberts. And I started praying that afternoon. And in the middle of my praying, all of a sudden, the top of my church opened up. 16 by 32 foot. The only water we had was what was coming through the roof. And it was coming through. Anyway, I was caught up into this vision. And I thought, whoa, man, what's this all about? And it came face to face with the devil. He was sitting on the throne. And there are principalities and powers, spiritual uh, rulers and so forth in heavenly places. Well, this man, this spirit was there. And I started contending with this spirit with a language that I did not know, with an authority that I had never possessed. God never takes you any place that he doesn't equip you to come out successful. And I know that many of you have heard this story, but it's my story. And I contended with this spirit, and he got down and he would walk away, and then he would come back. He did this several times, but finally, one time, he got off the throne and walked straight out into the darkness. I come out of that vision, and I thought, wow, boy, that was cool. I wonder what that means. Well, that Sunday morning, when I came to church, I thought that the Catholic Church was having a chicken fry. Cars were everywhere. I said, man, oh, man, if I ever get a chance, I'm going to tell the Catholic Church, you know you own everything. Couldn't I just have a few parking places? Anyway, at the end, at the beginning of that service, as I walked up to the Orange Church, I put my hand on that doorknob and I turned it and pushed the door in. To my surprise, the whole place was filled. Every seat was filled. People were standing along the wall. Angel was there. Angel Cata Henrich was there. Uh, her dad got healed. That day, by word of knowledge, Don Smithy was there. Can't get him to leave now, but he was there. And that started the movement of what exists today, but, which is not much, but is that a sign to hurry up? I thought you were telling me. I'm hungry. 
she just said, shorten it. So, <laughs> all right, so, yay, and that's what happened during that fast. And uh, so, that church grew. The next church grew. We remodeled that when I hired you. That church grew. Then we moved over here. That church grew. Then we built onto that. That church grew. Then we built another building. That church grew. Then we built onto that. That church grew. And then, how many grews did we have? I think it's seven or eight times. And so, but that never would have happened without fasting. Now, do you want your heaven shut up? Do you want it open? Do you want to see angels coming and going? God speaking to you in dreams and visions? Then we need to start cleaning up the house. Not just pushing it down so it can rise up at another time, but we really need to get rid of it. Put the axe to the root so that you and I can be transformed from glory to glory. Amen? So, that's not in my notes, but that's what you get. Now, we are going to be a people of fasting. Well, I, I just don't want to. Do you want to be you? Nah, half the people know you don't like you. Come on. We don't like ourselves. We look at ourselves. We don't like ourselves. Why? Because we see the flaws that only God could help and God could heal. I've told Phyllis before, I hate myself. I hate how I'm made. I don't like being straightforward. I don't like just being in your face. I'd like to be, hi, everybody. Let you and I come together and walk through the valley of the lilies and the rose of Sharon. Take a deep breath and be free. Bunch of devils. Anyway, look. We as Christians are going to serve the Lord. We are in a warfare. Your family, your children, every one of your children that are addicted can be free. Every one of your children with insecurities, every one of your children with birth defects, every one of your children with a disease can be free. You have what it takes you need to do it God's way. You need to do it God's way. Amen? Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Jesus, I got two announcements. Ben Laws has been in a care facility for a long time. Ben has been a member of our church for many years. 
He worked in the lay ministry, group leader, usher. Brother Ben went to be with the Lord, February the 5th. Now his memorial service will be at Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church, Friday, February the 17th at 12 p.m. with a wake beginning at 10 a.m. And then Corinthians Banks. Maybe many of you remember Corinth because of his mother, Barb Banks. Corinth attended church here for 30 years. He was a, really a polite, caring young man. We will miss him, but we do rejoice that he is in heaven. Now, his service will be here at Only Believe Ministries Christian Center in Bakken's Monday, February the 13th at 10 a.m. So, we rejoice that they went to eternity, but we do sorrow because we will miss them. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, you know, I talked to you today about God has given us all that we need. But if we don't use our faith, do things God's way, then we'll always be on the outside of God's will. And the first thing that God told the disciples to do when they said, what must we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus said, believe on him whom God has sent. Every man must be saved. Every woman must be saved. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Salvation has already happened over 2,000 years ago. Jesus hung on a cross. He was laid in a tomb. God raised him from the dead. He is now alive. The Bible said that if you will believe that story, that truth of God sending his son, that if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Bible says, thou shalt be saved. Jesus won't die again, but it's up to you. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to receive Jesus Christ. Will you please raise your hand up in the air? Say, Pastor, will you please pray for me? There's one. Come on, somebody else. Alrighty, I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ was your only begotten Son. I believe that He died for my sins. He was buried, and on the third day, God, you raised Him from the dead. Now, Jesus, I confess you as Lord of my life. Come into my heart right now. I receive you 
And as you have died for me, I will now live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, I'm going to be up here, and so are altar workers. And so if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, please make sure you make your way up here and let us know. We have some information for you. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands up. Father, we love you. We thank you that you are with us, that you have not forsaken us. God, you are there in their secret places. You are there in the dark places. You are there, God, in the valley and on the mountain. You never leave us nor forsake us. Now, God, I loose blessing upon these people. There is a, a blood disease that is being healed right now. It is, it's connected to your liver. Now, they've already told you that. But they haven't really gave you many options. But I'm telling you that when you go back, when you go back, uh, I, I really believe it's going to be a week from this Thursday. When you go back, you are going to get a report that that blood disease has been dried up and there is no evidence of it whatsoever. Hallelujah. Now, Father, in the name, there's a gallbladder condition being healed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you so much. Now, Father, I ask you to bless these people, direct their steps, draw them nearer to you. Let them hear with a hearing ear. And God, let them draw near. Be close. Connect with you by faith. And God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you Wednesday night, I will. Hallelujah.